Hey, are you dealing with any new aches and pains in your body? Well, go on over to thepurplesage.store and take a look at some of the CBD-infused products that they have there for pain management. They have some pain patches. They have lotions. They have creams and salves. They've even got the droppers for the CBD oil that you can put under your tongue. So give it a try. Hopefully it'll help. And hey, don't forget about your pup. They've also got CBD dog treats because, hey, your pups, as they get older, they start to get aches and pains too. So go on over to thepurplesage.store to get all your CBD products. Thank you. talk about quickly or not uh, about history of marijuana now again like I said same thing now this is one story that I'll share about my upbringing as a young teenager and I was probably 12 13 and we would have these uh, youth gatherings uh, so all of the youth ranging age ranging from 12 to 18 I guess uh, boys and girls would all get together at one of the leaders houses and uh, either watch a video uh, and sing songs, play games, whatever. It was just it was kind of a social atmosphere. Again, brilliant. Uh, how else are kids going to get to know one another unless they get these opportunities to do it? I love the way that they that they would incorporate those kind of things. And when done successfully, it was some of the best events and, and activities that we had with the, with the the youth. But when done not so successfully, it you know they kind of didn't go over so well. It's like with anything, I guess, the planning that you put into it. Anyway, so. This particular one that I, as a youth, was attending, they showed a video, and some guy, I, it's been so long ago, I don't even remember what he looked like, but I, this is the story I remember him telling. This is his description of marijuana and how it affects your body. He said, when you smoke marijuana, the cells in your brain are normally tight fit together. And when you smoke marijuana, they spread out. Kind of like he put his fingers together, like two fingers spread out and interlocked them together so that they kind of latched together, stacked on top of one another, your fingers, right? So he showed it like that. And he said, when you smoke the marijuana, they expand. So now my fingers have expanded or now these cells have expanded for one another. And then he says, when it wears off, they go back together. And sometimes they don't go back together correctly. Sometimes they go, they don't even go back together. And they get stuck. And then you're broken. And I'm like, scared as fuck. I'm like, holy shit. I don't want, I don't want to turn into a, to a zombie or, or some kind of an invalid because I, I'm never going to smoke marijuana. So the damn, he had me sold. You know what I mean? So, I, I was set. I wasn't going anywhere near marijuana after that. Um, now, that was all. That, I, don't, I don't remember there being any other substances that were that talked about. Now, I grew up in the 80s. I mean, all hail President Reagan. Uh, I mean, dare, uh, the dare, 
program that Nancy Reagan started, the Say No to Drugs campaign. I mean, I was in the heart of it. At the start, living through it, I remember them having rallies at school. Um, I remember when officers started coming to school talking to us about drug use, and they would bring in this, uh, this huge container with examples of drugs. And I remember thinking, wow, are those real drugs in there? <laughs> They may not may or may not have been, but anyway, it would be like in the, you know like there was a roach from a, a joint. There would be um, a pill, and they would call that whatever it was. Or there was a sugar cube, and they, that would be LSD or a strip of paper or whatever. Anyway, I just remember being just fascinated with that whenever they'd bring it in. But it was just such a, it's a it was such a weird. I know they were trying to what they were trying to get across, but the manner in which they executed it it just it now looking back on it it's like wow this is uh it's 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 very propaganda it's very brainwashy yes there is issues with with substances but the the way in which they demonized drug use and made drug users out to be bad people and evil people and not people that just needed help right because they're taking these substances and this is my impression, my current worldview or my current view on substance abuse, okay? People are using these substances for some, and it is a medicinal reason, if you really get down to the brass tacks of it. There is either a feeling that they're having that they're trying to numb. There is a memory that they're trying to escape. There is a... Uh, maybe a doubt that they have in their mind that they're trying to um, suppress. But whatever it is, all of these substances fill this need that people use them for. And I I don't know. If if there's nothing any more medicinal than that, I don't know what it is. But it's self-medicating, right? So um, I guess when it's not under a doctor's care, that's when it gets out, out of hand. Now, obviously, when people get addicted to, to to substances, and I'm not talking about, I guess I am and I'm not. There's certain aspects of it, of the heroines and the cocaines and the, the, the methamphetamines. Again, those those are people, those substances are providing those people with something that they feel like they're missing in their life. So they they feel like they need that. But it is whenever it does become the addiction and they can't stop doing it and it ruins their life that it is obviously a very sad situation. So I'm not in any way condoning the use of any kind of, of illegal drugs as medicine, but all I'm saying is the effect that the people are getting from that, I feel like, is what they, they're, that they're after. And to me, it, would, it doesn't seem any different than them going to their doctor and getting Ambien uh, so that they can sleep better or um, one of the antidepressants that they uh, that they give out. Uh, I'm not very familiar with the names of them, but you get what I'm saying. It, going to your doctor and getting treated for these Ill, not afflictions that you feel in your body, but you're doing it yourself through whatever this substance is, be it, be it alcohol, be it marijuana, be it, um, I guess, methamphetamine, cocaine, and heroin can fall into those as well. If people want to just escape their life, uh, then that's the way they tend to do it. So anyway, 
so growing up, that was, yeah, off limits. Now, again, like I said, I became a rebellious teenager. My beautiful and gorgeous, blessed, amazing wife introduced me to uh, the substance that I now find uh, a great solace in. Uh, at the time, uh, it was pretty weird. And I wasn't sure what the hell was going on. You know what I mean? It was, and we only smoked a little bit, uh, but we were watching a movie. Uh, again, it's a, it's, it's, a, <laughs> we're watching the never ending story. Okay. Those of you who are familiar with this movie, huge puppet dragon dog looking Chinese dog dragon thing. And, uh, and they're trying to do something. I don't even remember anything about the movie and I've never gone back to rewatch the movie. Maybe I'll have to do that. But anyway, we're sitting on the couch and, um, yeah, anyway, we end up smoking a joint, watching the show, and just having the best of times. And uh, now, I did start smoking it quite a bit after that. Uh, it, I wouldn't say I was using it medicinally at the time. I don't know. It's hard to say. I have looked back on some of those um, memories and tried to determine, because I did drink a lot back then, and I did smoke a lot back then, both cigarettes and uh, cannabis, but the cannabis then was totally different than the cannabis now. The cannabis then was whatever you got. The cannabis now, there's so many choices. It is almost like going to a um, the produce section at a at your grocery store and just going through and picking and choosing. There are so many different aspects to the different uh, variety of, of strains of plants and the the different edibles, the different. Um, products that you you can get it's totally different than back whenever i was a teenager and in my 20s and so whereas now you can try four or five different strains and see what the different effects are and determine okay this is closer to what i'm trying to do this is closer to to the effect that i am trying to achieve and, but again, there's so many different strains that you can pimp, but it's, it can take some time. Now, that's the way I smoke cannabis now. That's the way I partake of cannabis now. That's not the way most everybody partake of cannabis. Most everybody partake of cannabis because they want to get stoned and they just want to be goofy and have a good time. There's nothing wrong with that. And I totally get that. But that's not, that is in no way the manner in which I partake of the substance in my current state. I use the substance and it, it helps me to focus on things that I need to get done. That's there's, there's no other way to put it. And so, so far I'm still getting stuff done. <laughs> I'm, I'm recording a podcast. <laughs> I'm, you know, getting my kids to school. I'm getting dinner on the table. I'm getting my jobs done whenever they come along. So, so far, so good. You know, I'm not shooting to, to become some kind of a corporate executive, CEO of a multi-gajillion dollar corporation. I'm living a comfortable life. My family is happy. We all are looking out for one another. And even, and I think that's the most important thing in, in this current situation that we stand in with the global pandemic and this political whatever is going on <laughs> with people storming the, the Capitol and it's just there's so much craziness going on. As long as we've all got – you've got to have people looking out for you. 
I mean, if you're running this thing solo, man, try to fi- try to find some folks. And I, and I'm I'm not in any way going to promote religion, but that's what religion does give a, a good lend to that is is finding you some social engagement. We got to have social engagement, folks. You got you got to get outside of your head. You got to get outside of the echo chamber of just hearing your own thoughts and hearing other people's ideas and thoughts is and that's what was so brilliant to me about this whole coffee house uh, concept that they talked about in that article was that the sharing of thoughts that's how we that's how we develop and expand our understanding of life and, and things um, you're never going to learn more if you're only hanging out with yourself and your family unit and it's we have to have social engagement. So anyway, that's probably the bit, the thing that I miss the most during all of this global pandemic is just social engagements and going to, out to, to meet people and talk to people. And I guess that's kind of I'm cheating by doing this with a podcast, going out and meeting people and recording them. Um, it gives me an opportunity to an excuse to meet people. And so that does fulfill uh, quite a bit of a, a missing portion uh, of, of my life. But I've been again hell i'm having a good time with it so i hope you're having a good time listening to it so as long as it goes we'll keep going all right so anyway here's the uh this is the history of marijuana this is from interestingly enough recovery.org okay i i don't have a problem with that um this is a uh, a drug and alcohol addiction recovery website and this is their article written by and i'll give her props shout out to Brittany uh, tackett ma um, and this is edited by Dan Wagner, M.A., and reviewed by Scott Thomas, M.D. Now, these, so these are doctors. These are folks that, that with some credibility behind them. So when I read this, I wanted to read it with as open a mind as possible because, again, it is on a recovery website. I wanted to see if it was going to skew, if they were going to start into the, um, you know, this is your brain on this is your brain on drugs and it's fried egg kind of shit. And uh, and they don't. Uh, they give this is truly a history of marijuana, and it ta- does talk a lot about the medicinal usages of marijuana over the years. And so this is a good article. I wouldn't have brought it to you if it wasn't. So here we go. History of marijuana. Marijuana use is a hot topic with many states having now this was written, I want to say 2019. Yes, yeah, sorry, October 3rd, 31st. Wow, Halloween of 2019. Anybody remember where they were? Anyone? Bueller? All right. Marijuana use is a hot topic, with many states having already legalized the drug for medicinal and recreational use and other states pushing for similar legislation. Marijuana has been controversial in the United States for decades, but for a significant portion of modern human history, marijuana had medicinal, spiritual, and recreational uses that date back at least 5,000 years. What? I had no idea until I read that. That is stunning. All right. Archaeologists have found evidence of marijuana paraphernalia as far back as the first millennium BC in India, China, Africa, and Assyria. What is marijuana? Marijuana is a product derived from the cannabis plant, one of the oldest crops known to humans. Again, that's fascinating as well. That we've had a relationship with this plant. This is the, the oldest crop for, for humankind. Wow. Okay. How did it come to, to become a, on a banned list is what I want to know. So we're, we'll get there. 
It is commonly smoked, but it can also be eaten, brewed in teas, and has have its active ingredient mixed in with other foods, which are also often referred to as edibles. So, yes. Marijuana has many nicknames, including ganja, weed, grass, pot, Mary Jane, bud, and herb. It may be smoked, rolled up in paper, joints is what those are called, uh, or in tobacco wraps, those are called blunts, and also consumed through pipes, water bongs, and and more recently, vaporizers and vape pens. Marijuana is typically used recreationally for the mind-altering effects produced by the compound tetrahydrocannabinol, THC, which is present in the plant. Effects can vary greatly from person to person. Common effects include euphoria, relaxation, an altered perception of time, increased appetite, heightened sensory perception. Some people may experience adverse effects, especially in high doses. Such adverse effects include fear, distrust, panic, anxiety, psychotic symptoms. Now, I don't disagree with any of those. Now, I don't want to go into it in this particular episode. We can talk about it in another one. But for me, the first initial usage of cannabis is it really sets the stage for moving forward. And by that, I mean, if it's in a situation where you you're trying to hide it from somebody. And so you already have this sense of paranoia. It's going to fucking multiply that. And your ass is going to be as paranoid as fuck. You're going to think there's spies in your attic. You're going to, it's going to be, yeah, it's not going to be good because it seems to enhance sometimes the feeling of whatever it is that you're having or is in, in some manner in which that I've experienced it with my recent experimentation in that, if I'm feeling upbeat, it's going to enhance that. Now, if I'm feeling like really chill, I can maintain that as well. But that's also based on strains. Anyway, that's not what this is about. But all of those symptoms, I felt all of those. I've When I first started smoking, I was paranoid as fuck and I was scared to death because I was hiding it. I, was, I wasn't being open about it, so it had that. Uh, it took that and multiplied uh, those fears. Now, when I say hide that, whenever um, I was a teenager, obviously I wasn't uh, open about it. I mean, yes, my wife knew about it. We smoked together uh, occasionally. Uh, Friends knew about it, but like family members and at work and those kind of things. So when 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 you're hiding, when you're basically lying about how you're living, that that's obviously going to be an emotion that could be enhanced. So, um, back then, I used to get a lot, a lot of paranoia whenever I smoked. Now, because I am, uh, I feel I'm more open about it. It's not like I'm walking around, uh, parading around, uh, smoking water bongs in the street. But um, if anybody asks me, I'm not going to deny that I smoke cannabis. Um, it, like I said, I feel like it's a, a use that I'm using in a medicinal manner, and that it's. What it is, it is what it is. So, back to the article. His, um, marijuana history. Medicinal use of marijuana dates back at least 5,000 years. 
As such, cannabis history is tied to many iconic time periods. Marijuana was said to have been an ingredient in a holy anointing oil referenced in the original Hebrew version of Exodus. Now that's remarkable. So Moses is running around with with, uh, cannabis-infused oil? That's badass. Thank you for that. All right, the ancient Egyptians reportedly used marijuana to treat glaucoma as well as general information. Now, that is one thing I remember even from the 80s was about marijuana use for treatment of glaucoma. I don't know why that sticks out in my head, but I do remember that being a thing as a kid growing up that that was, uh, and maybe even as a young adult in my 20s, I remember hearing that. So anyway, but they were using it back in, in Egypt. Wow, who knew? Okay. Chinese emperor Fu Xi called cannabis a popular medicine in 2900 BC. And the Chinese had identified more than 100 medicinal uses for marijuana by 100 AD. So, yeah, the Chinese have been in on, on the cannabis for a long time. I would love someday if the world ever opens back up, but I'd love to go and, and see if there are, I don't know if it's even still legal in China with it being in the current state that it's in, but I would love to go to some of these other countries and see how different their version of cannabis is to our version of cannabis, because you know, it has to be, um, you know, cause it's different climates, it's different uh, soils, it's different environments. So yeah, it, that would be a cool uh, little field trip to do someday. Someday. In 1000 BC, the Indians created a drink called Bhang. That's B-H-A-N-G. Bhang. A mixture of marijuana, milk, and other ingredients and used it as an anti-phlegmatic and anesthetic. Wow. So it was like the first uh, version of Muselix. Hmm. Interesting. This drink is still used in India today. Ancient Indians may have also used cannabis as a purported cure for leprosy and dysentery, as well as cure fever, encourage sleep, and improve judgment and cognition. It was also thought to prolong life. Marijuana also has a long history of spiritual use in India. It is said that the Hindu god Shiva rested under a cannabis plant and ate its leaves following a family argument. Shiva is referred to as the Lord of Bahang. The Vedas, a collection of ancient scriptures, refer to cannabis as an herb to release people from anxiety. One story in the Vedas described a drop of heavenly nectar falling on the earth and becoming the cannabis plant. Other ancient cultures also used marijuana. The ancient Greeks used it for inflammation, earaches, and swelling, and in his, in his histories, Greek historian Herodotus described cannabis being smoked for spiritual, emotional, and sometimes recreational purposes. He discussed groups coming together and smoking, stating that the people smoking marijuana would howl with pleasure. I bet they did. In 70 AD, Roman med- med- medical texts 
listed it as a cure for earache and as a way to suppress sexual desire. Now, see, I don't have that issue. It's, I, I mean, I'm sure it, there are times when that could happen and there are strains that could do that, but I tend to be a little bit more um, on the sexual desire side whenever I partake of cannabis. Anyway, that's just me. Uh, the Romans also boiled the roots of the plant and used them as a treatment for gout, arthritis, and generalized pain. The Arabians used it from 800 AD to 900 AD for migraines, pain, and syphilis. The English also documented many medicinal uses of marijuana for ailments such as menstrual, menstrual cramps, convulsions, rheumatism, gout, joint pain, muscle spasms, insomnia, and sleep problems, childbirth, to promote uterine contractions. So, the history in the U.S. I'll, I'll burn through this pretty quick. Um, the U.S. has a long and sometimes tumultuous past with uh, the United States and cannabis. Um, originally used as a textile material and later medicinal ingredient, this plant became highly controversial through the years. Their marijuana history timeline below outlines this journey. In the 1600s, the origin of marijuana in the United States can be related back to the earliest days of the settlement when hemp was grown like any other crop. In the 17th century, the production of hemp a, hemp, a variety of cannabis plant, <coughs> was highly encouraged in making clothing, rope, and sails. In 1619, the Virginia Assembly passed legislation requiring that all farmers grow hemp. Some states even traded hemp as legal tender. In 1700s, George Washington was interested in farming hemp, but he also questioned the potential medicinal uses of marijuana in his journals in 1765. So I've heard both. I've heard that he did grow it, and I heard that he didn't grow it. So I, this still doesn't neither confirm nor deny it. It said he was interested in it. So... I don't know. Take that with a grain of salt. Um, that's one of those kind of urban legend things that I've always heard, but never have actually gotten concrete facts uh, to uh, to conclude that George Washington did, in fact, raise hemp. So anyway, uh, the mystery. Let the mystery be. Uh, in 1840, marijuana became widely accepted in mainstream medicine and was an ingredient in many over-the-counter products. In 1850, marijuana was added to the U.S. Pharmacopoeia. It was used as a treatment for opioid withdrawal, pain, appetite suppression, and relief of nausea and vomiting. In the 1850s, marijuana was, oh, sorry, 1862, hashish candy was advertised in an issue of Vanity Fair. Can you imagine? That'd be awesome. As a, ple a pleasurable and harmless substance or stimulant that could cure melancholy and nervousness. In 1906, the Food and Drug Act requires that any product containing cannabis be labeled appropriately. From 1900 to 1930, for three decades, marijuana was an ingredient in a variety of medications. It was marketed as a painkiller, but it was also used for sedation and as a treatment to muscle spasms. However, during this same time period, Mexican immigrants introduced recreational use of marijuana. Because the drug became associated with the Mexican immigrants, people began to fear the drug, with anti-drug campaigners re referring to it as the Mexican menace. So, racism. 
is the reason marijuana was outlawed in the United States. That's very interesting, interesting, isn't it? In 1914 to 1925, 26 states passed, damn, 26 passed laws prohibiting marijuana. These laws passed readily and easily with little to no public outcry or political debate. In 1930s, the Great Depression resulted in job loss for many Americans. This created more fear and stigmatization of Mexican immigrants as many Americans worried that they would take away their jobs. That's when that started. Ooh, they're gonna, the immigrants are going to take away your jobs. That's never even been fucking true. Anyway, maybe during the Depression, but not. it, it hadn't been true since then. There's way more jobs than we, than we could ever fill. Um all right, so this leads to more public concern over the danger of marijuana. The media began to report that research showed some marijuana use was linked to crime and violence. Oh, damn. That's where it's just in, it's throwing more wood on the fire. At the same time, Harry Anslinger. Now, I've heard this name before. He is, uh, um, what do you call it, villainous in the cannabis community. Harry Anslinger, commissioner of the Federal Bureau of Narcotics, began a campaign to criminalize marijuana, claiming that it led to insanity. As a result of his efforts, by, the, by 1936, all states had some form of marijuana regulation. That's terrible. Anyway, 1836, the film Reefer Madness. Whoop, whoop. Shout out to Reefer Madness. Uh, was released. It depicted marijuana as a drug that could lead to violence, rape, suicide, and psychosis. I've never seen this film. I've only seen clips of this film. It looks ridiculous. That anybody even thought that that was true back then makes me wonder about what they've been smoking. All right. 1937, the Marijuana Tax Act was passed, which restricted marijuana use to only those that could pay a heavy excise tax for specifically authorized industrial and medicinal use. So a barrier is basically placed on, on access to the product by increasing the tax to make it too expensive. Okay, I see where that's going. Um, in eight, 1942, marijuana was removed from the U.S. pharmacopoeia, and doctors began to discredit marijuana as not having any medicinal use. In 1944, the New York Academy of Medicine publishes a report stating that marijuana was only a mild intoxicant. Harry Astringer, though, responded to this report with a solicited article in the American Journal of Psychiatry that attempted to attack and discredit the information that was previously published. And he wouldn't have none of that. He's definitely uh, was anti-cannabis. Uh, 1952, the Boggs Act passed, creating strict mandatory punishments for offenses involving marijuana and a variety of other drugs. In 1960s, marijuana gained popularity among the counterculture, who considered it as a harmless high. Its use was popular among college students, free-spirited beats, anti-war activists, hippies, and other youths. President John F. Kennedy and Vice President Lyndon Baines Johnson commissioned reports that found that marijuana did not induce violence or lead to the use of more dangerous drugs. That's in the 60s, man. Where did, where did that research go? I would love to find out why the hell that that just died. 
That's interesting. All right. Uh, I guess I know why I'm dying. Fuck. I'm sorry. My bad. 1965 to 1970. Marijuana arrests on the state level increased tenfold as the authorities began to crack down on marijuana use and distribution. 1970, Congress passed the Controlled Substances Act, which placed marijuana as a Schedule I drug, along with LSD and heroin. According to the act, marijuana had no medicinal value and a high potential for abuse, giving it harsher criminal penalties. This law made it difficult for doctors and scientists to study marijuana and its many uses. You're damn right it did. It set our fucking medical industry back who knows how many decades. Thanks a lot. This 1970s, despite federal efforts to strengthen enforcements of strict marijuana laws, states such as Oregon, Maine, and Alaska decriminalize marijuana. 1972, the Schaefer Committee recommended that personal use of marijuana be decriminalized, but President Richard Nixon ignored their recommendations. Thanks a lot. 1976, the parents' movement against marijuana began as more and more parents feared the drug and sought to prevent use in their teens. We got trouble right here in River City. Their efforts were strengthened by the Drug Enforcement Administration and National Institute for Drug Abuse. 1980s to 90s, here's my people. Here's my, here's my era. The public opinion of marijuana shifted back to it being dangerous, as many considered it a gateway drug to harder drugs such as cocaine and heroin. 1982, First Lady Nancy Reagan started the Just Say No campaign. Boy, do I remember that. 1983, the Drug Abuse Resistance Education D.A.R.E. program was established, which brought police officers into schools to discuss the dangers of drug abuse. Finding and use of this program was later, oh, funding and use of this program was later cut back as research showed that it did not lead to decreased drug use in youths. It didn't with me. I mean, I still started using drugs in, uh, I guess, 90s. Yeah, so. Um, 1986, President Ronald Reagan signed the Anti-Drug Abuse Act. This law raised marijuana penalties and created mandatory sentences, many of which equated to marijuana with heroin. So this is the period when a lot of people believe that the inner cities, the uh, minority communities were targeted with this very act. And forced into lives of crime and then in turn going to prison for long sentences over these substances, marijuana in particular, a plant. So anyway, it's pretty wild. Uh, 1989, President George H.W. Bush declares a new war on drugs and continued anti-marijuana campaigns. 1996, California voters approved Proposition 215, which legalized marijuana for medicinal use at the state level. In 1998-99, the Clinton administration spent $25 million on television campaigns that placed 
anti-drug messages in primetime television slots. Wow. 25 million. wonder what else that could have been used for. But, hey, whatever. All right, current use in 21st century. Marijuana remains illegal under federal law in the United States, but state marijuana laws are continuing to change. More than 20 states now permit the sale of marijuana for medicinal use, whether inhaled or consumed via other methods or given in a prescription drug. Currently, two FDA medications on the market, Marinol, in parentheses, Dronobinol, and Sesamet, in parentheses, Nabilon, are synthetic cannabinoids used to treat nausea and neuropathic pain. Other drugs in clinical testing include epidelics for childhood seizures. Now, I've heard about that story about the, the little girl whose parents um, treated her with CBD and uh, cannabis products, and she was uh, it, it took away her, her seizures. It was remarkable. Uh, so uh, epidelics for childhood seizures and Sativix for cancer pain. In 2014, Colorado became the first state to legalize marijuana for recreational use with Washington, California, Massachusetts, Washington, D.C., and Nevada um, following suit. And now we've got, I mean, countless. I mean, I think I've heard that it's up to 30 plus maybe that we have states that have some sort of a legalization of marijuana. It's remarkable. Um, let's keep it going. And, of course, we just recently had the, the House did a, I guess, ceremonial passing of a bill that would have uh, um, decriminalized uh, marijuana but upon the federal level uh, and provided funding for those that are that have their lives have been affected negatively by the war on drugs. And, uh, of course, the Senate did, didn't even do anything with it. Thanks a lot, Mitch McConnell. Um, you know, hey, as long as you're okay, guy. All right. Um, public opinion of marijuana has also changed considerably since it first became illegal, as more and more Americans are becoming pro-legalization. A recent poll revealed that 49% of Americans feel that marijuana should be legal for both medicinal and recreational use. Another 37% agree that it should be legal for medicinal purposes only. So that's a total of 30, well, it's 49, so that's 50. Wow, that's like 86% of Americans think it should be legal for medicinal? Why the fuck isn't it then? We're the, we're the, they're representing us, guys. The government represents us, what we want our desires and, 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 and if 86% of our people want this legal, at least medicinally, we need to start moving on this. Start calling your guys, start writing letters, emailing, get it out there. Um, so there's only, um, marijuana legalization will continue to be a controversial subject in the coming years and will likely be a major player in the 2020 election. Now, as far as 2020 election goes, like I said, this was uh, last year. Um, that's the end of the article. Uh, 2020 election, I know Bernie had mentioned that it was going to be part of his. I think post-election, I've heard that uh, Biden has said that, that it's going to be something that he's going to look into. Um, so who knows? Uh, we'll see what happens. But in the end, 
what's fascinating to me, and I'll close on this, because this has been a long one. I apologize. I did not expect it to be this long of an episode, uh, but it is. And so, again, break it up into chunks if you want. Um, both of these substances are natural products that grow from, from the earth. The, one's a bean, and one is the, the flowering buds of the plant. And their use seems to be, um, like I said, kind of semi-self-medicinal in, in some cases, if you think about it. So, I don't know. Like I said, so far, my use of uh, the coffee is on the fence about, um, I mean, I still love my Seven Eleven coffee. I always will. I'll probably keep drinking it. But as far as like, I don't know, being a coming a coffee snob, coffee, you know, the different flavors and I don't know. I don't even know. So, and I'm, I'm not that interested. So I probably won't be pursuing anything on that, but Cannabis still something that fascinates me, the different uh, uses that it has, the different um, effects that it can uh, have on your body, uh, still very fascinating to me. Still going to continue exploration of that. And, you know, if we talk about it, we do. If you want to hear about it, you'll listen. And I really do, though, appreciate uh, all of your um, listening out there and those that have helped uh, with making this pos- uh, podcast a possibility. Shout out to Javi G. Shout out to Germal23. Shout out to Kaylee. Um, all the folks uh, behind the scenes. Uh, this is just it's a ton of fun for me to do. I hope it's fun for you to listen to. I hope it gives you at least something to think about. So cheers, everybody. Take care. Okay, 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 okay. This is the one and only Javi G. You can catch me on Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere else you might find podcasts. You can catch me on YouTube, Javi G channel, for all the fun updates. You can see me on TikTok, Javier Gobbledone. You can see me on IG, Beam 77 Anywhere you can think of me, I might be. Have a good one. <laughs> nice. Beautiful.